Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Pop Culture Roundup, a podcast where we round up the latest news and talk about all things pop culture. I'm your host, Andrew, joined by my other host, Casey. What's going on? And our other other host, Anthony. What's up? Without further ado, let's get right into it. So starting off, uh, we first of all want to apologize for the week-long break. Uh, our schedules just really kind of weren't aligning last week, and so we decided just to postpone until this week. As a result, we kind of have a lot of news to cover, so uh, let's uh, get started. First and foremost, uh, the Darksaber was dropped out of the blue at Galaxy's Edge. This is coming right off the heels of the ray and leia lightsabers dropping so we're getting some pretty good content i know i'm excited to get one how about you guys i don't know i'm kind of torn it looks cool but i'm not a huge fan of the blade so i might just get it for the hilt that's fair enough that's fair enough personally i just love it as a whole uh i i do agree to an extent what you said about the blade i think the black part is maybe a little bit too thin uh but look i'm just happy that we have the dark saber to begin with yeah better than nothing Mm -hmm. uh starting price is at 200 dollars. i do not know if the blade is included in that price i assume so because i think the blade is specially made for the uh saber seeing as though when it's on display at uh disney land or world depending um it's displayed with the hilt and the full blade all together so i think the hilt and blade are a package deal uh if not i'm gonna guesstimate that the uh blade is anywhere between uh 35 to 50 dollars extra I know, steep price, but uh, it is some quality items. Moving on, uh, there was a leak through a Brazilian retailer earlier this week that uh, indicates that the Jedi Fallen Order next-gen upgrades for the PS5 and the Xbox Series X will be debuting on June 26th. Now, of course, this is just a leak, but... Uh, I we can expect that the uh, upgrade will be coming out at least within a week of that, maybe two weeks. So hype. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we haven't gotten any details on what's going to be involved in the upgrade. I'm sure there's going to be the standard, you know, uh, upgraded graphics, uh, probably some ray tracing, 60 FPS boost. Um as far as console specific goes i said this when we talked about when this was announced but i really hope that they make use of the adaptive triggers on the ps5 um i think that's that's a feature that devs really need to be using because just a simple game like call of duty or like spider-man it makes a huge difference that's all anything to add to that no, no, yeah, I totally agree uh, with the adaptive triggers thing. I feel like they need to be taking advantage of those triggers. They need to use it way more. Like you said, it makes a huge difference in Spider-Man when you're swinging around. That little resistance in the swing is just, mm-hmm. it's so small, but it's, it makes such a big difference. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Obviously, we're still really, really early in the uh, console's life cycle, so there's obviously still going to be a ton more games, and all the first-party Sony games, they're all going to be using the adaptive triggers to some extent, Uh, where the real question is the third-party. Obviously, Call of Duty is probably going to be using it a lot. They did a great job with Cold War in the adaptive triggers. Um, 
Well, we'll just have to see. Um, but speaking of games to come, uh, Cervantes, do you want to talk about uh, the Horizon sequel? Uh, yeah. So uh, we got a, the sequel, Horizon Forbidden West, and it's it's about a 10 to at least a 20-year jump into the future because um, Aloy in Horizon Zero Dawn, uh, the other game, the earlier game, uh, she's 19 and she's older in Forbidden West, so yep, uh, time jump. Um, so far, you got a couple new machines, but... Um, uh, we got some gameplay or a state of the play. No, what, what is it called? State of the... It's just state of play. Oh, state of play. So, yeah, so we got that coming in a couple days, uh, the 27th. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm pretty hyped for it, but I don't know. Uh, it's, it's a little, I, uh, I'm not mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. I mean, personally, I know, Casey, you and I, we still need to get around to playing Horizon Zero Dawn. I don't know about you, but I picked that up for free uh, last month for uh, the yeah. Play at Home initiative. Yeah, so. it, is, it is so good. And then once you get to the DLC, it, it gets even it gets even better. Like mm -hmm. the the way like the the like the like the lip syncing is better. But it is mm. Mm, it is perfect. Well, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I was going to wait to play that until I finished uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, uh, but that's literally so far in the future that I'm probably just going to switch to Horizon Zero Dawn in the next few days. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, it was recently announced that we will be getting a animated... DC Injustice movie. Um, for those of you who haven't read the comics or played the games or aren't familiar, I, I, the Injustice universe is uh, a timeline of the DC universe where the Joker tricks uh, Superman into killing a pregnant Lois Lane and he really just goes ballistic like this dude loses it um essentially what happens is um after that event uh also after killing lois lane a nuke detonates in metropolis so just you know all around a real real good day for superman um so he goes off the deep end and he basically becomes a dictator of the world. Uh, various different superheroes join him, like uh, like uh, Wonder Woman, I think, joins him. I think uh, Shazam joins him for a bit. Uh, I don't have a full list of all the superheroes that join him, but uh, Batman is very much against this, and he's kind of fighting from the shadows, you know, as he does to uh stop him yeah this was i'm excited for this i think the dc animated movies have been pretty good uh at least from what i've heard the only one i've actually watched was flashpoint what are you guys thinking of this uh i'm pretty hyped uh under the red hood was good uh son of batman was good actually uh I'm really not a fan of Under the Red Hood, just because the the person who plays Joker is not Mark Hamill, and it's someone that I don't know, and he doesn't play Joker good at all. But overall, just, you know, besides that, I think it, I mean, he kind of really just throws us, like, it kind of makes the, sh the movie bad, but, you know, dealing with uh, the Red Hood and Batman... And like all the fights, it's it's pretty good, but yeah. If we're talking about like the newer DC movies, uh, like Death of Superman and then Reign of the Supermen, um, I think they're pretty good because Reign uh, Death of Superman was twenty eighteen, and then Reign of the Superman was twenty nineteen, which I have watched recently. 
in there. They're pretty good. Mm-hmm. All the animated DC movies I've seen were pretty great, so I'm, yeah. I'm pretty hyped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justice League War, Justice League Doom. They're pretty good. I'm also a huge fan of the Injustice storyline, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I think um, it's one of the reasons I hope that they continue with the Snyderverse, which was set up at the end of uh, the snyder cut of justice league because i i want to see a live action adaptation of the injustice universe you know what we saw in batman v superman was really cool and then they expanded upon it in the snyder cut and i think i think it's kind of a really good storyline to tell on the big screen because to the general audience, they've always known Superman as the optimistic good guy. He's, you know, the truth, justice in the American way. He's a very hopeful hero. And it would just be interesting to see that flipped on its head. Uh, that being said, we're kind of in a time where we're just getting like a bunch of different uh media of just superheroes gone bad you know you got like the boys and um invincible yeah invincible which i haven't seen yet which is why i was hesitant to use an example since i didn't know but thank you cervantes no um invincible is kind of like 50 50 what well there's really okay let's well I'm not going to spoil Casey, it. Casey, what? hasn't seen it, but... Yeah, I haven't seen it. It's... What do you mean? What do you mean 50-50? You said it was great. No, not in no, terms he's of rating. Talking, like he's, he's talking about going bad. good versus bad. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> okay. Not all the heroes go bad. Oh. Uh, right, no. You're right. Yeah, um... I, I also hope that with the announcement of this movie, we're close to getting an Injustice 3 announcement. Um, it seems like Netherrealm have been kind of going, like, you know, doing a pattern here where they did Mortal Kombat, and then uh, they did Injustice, and they did Mortal Kombat 9, and then Injustice 2, or sorry, Mortal Kombat X, then Injustice 2, then Mortal Kombat 11. So I think if they keep the pattern, we're up for an Injustice 3 announcement soon, uh, which I really hope for because I kind of like the Injustice games more than Mortal Kombat. I can get behind that. Even though I haven't played the Injustice, Injustice games, I, I can agree to that. Uh, I think at this point, Injustice 1 is kind of dated, but Injustice 2 is still fun. I'll hop on and play it every once in a while um i think back in its heyday when it first released i was playing that like daily because um they had a gear system so there was always something to chase and that's something i really kind of look for in fighting games now because like in mortal kombat 9 it kind of felt that once i did the story and like I did pretty much every tower for every character. There wasn't a whole lot to do after that. So now I kind of look for things to do in addition, you know, the things that'll keep me coming back to video games. Yeah. So with that being said, uh, do you guys want to move on? Any closing thoughts on this? Um, no. Okay. Well, just as today of recording, we just got a new trailer for Edgar Wright's new movie, Last Night in Soho. Uh, I don't remember if I've said this on the podcast or not, but Edgar Wright is genuinely one of my favorite directors, so I'm extremely excited for this. If you guys have not seen any of his movies, uh, first of all, do yourself a favor and watch some of them. They, they're they're all excellent movies. Uh, you got uh, Shaun of the Dead, 
Hot Fuzz, The World's End. That's part of the Cornetto trilogy. Uh, then you got Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. And Baby Driver. Which, judging by the box office, Baby Driver is probably the one you're most familiar with. Um, the trailer is a little bit confusing. Uh, it seems as though we're going to be following one character who is able to go back in time into the body of another person and live her life. Uh, but it's a horror movie. I'm going to guess that if I had to guess what the plot would be, it's that um, the girl that's able to like kind of go back in time or whatever, she's not supposed to be able to do that. So the people in the past are like going after her or whatever. Um, we'll have to see. Um, regardless of what it's about, I think this movie's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, I know you two watched the trailer, but you guys aren't as big of Edgar Wright fans as I am. What'd you guys think? I thought it was really weird, but I'll still see it just because I really liked uh, Scott Pilgrim. Mm. Yeah, I'm just I I just wasn't a fan of it. I don't mean to be a downer, but I, I just wasn't a fan. I mean, yeah, I like Hot Fuzz and World's End. But I don't know about this one. Yeah, this is definitely, tonally, this is definitely kind of out of the box for Edgar Wright. He does a lot of action comedies. I think I think Baby Driver is probably, in in compared to the other movies he's done, it's probably like the m- biggest outlier. Yeah. Uh, until, of course, this movie, because... This movie's like a lot more like horror oriented and seems uh, not exactly comedy focused like his other movies. Seems he's it's almost like going outside of uh, the comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I wouldn't say. Well, yeah, I guess you're right, but also he does have a few horror elements. I mean, Shaun of the Dead is a zombie movie, so inherently there's some horror elements to it. And Hot Fuzz did have some horror elements to it, too. I mean, you got the, those guys in the black coat cloaks. You know, they show up every once in a while. And, like, the first time you see him when they're walking home from the bar drunk and he's just down the alley, you know, there's a there's definitely... He has some horror vibes in some of his previous movies, but none of his movies have been just straight horror movies. Right. So... This will be pretty interesting, in my opinion. Um, So, with that, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. Um, Army of the Dead, released on Netflix earlier this week. For those of you unfamiliar, that is Zack Snyder's zombie movie, but the zombies are in Vegas. Um, I'm the only one who's seen it of this group, so I'm just gonna kind of give a quick review of it. We're gonna, no spoilers or anything. I'm just um, look if you need to kill two hours, go ahead and watch it. I think the characters are underdeveloped. I think they're there to fill different tropes. I think the story is mediocre at best, and I think the tone didn't know what it wanted to be. There were times where I thought that this movie was going to be very goofy and funny, kind of like a Zombieland or a Shaun of the Dead or, yeah, one of those two. And let me tell you, it is not. Like, at all. Um, I was very misled. Uh, There's a scene at the start where... uh, Okay, it's a heist movie. They have to go into zombie-filled Las Vegas to steal money from a casino, but they're stealing the money for the casino owner. Um, 
So they're going over the plan, you know, Ocean's Eleven style, and just some of the way it was talked about and whatnot, and it made me, it led me to believe that this movie would be a lot more goofy than it ended up being. I mean, there's there's a part where there's like a pan around of all the characters hypothetically shooting at zombies, and the the stereotypical nerdy dude who really shouldn't be in a zombie situation like just breaks the fourth wall and is like wait 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 wait. how do we kill the zombies and it's you know it's it's played for laughs and they you know they explain you know oh destroy the brain because apparently in 2021 there are still people that don't know how you kill a zombie but anyway but after that it just takes a sharp left turn into like just whoa this is like super duper serious guys it's super serial super duper serial <laughs> and um i i just don't there there's there's family drama cuz apparently this is a cw movie oh no <laughs> family matters uh, part 2 <laughs> <laughs> um that's a flash reference for those of you guys. Who, the The flash <laughs> is in a really bad state. We're yeah. not gonna We're not gonna talk about it. Just no. know that the flash is the flash we're, is kind of limping right now. We're gonna stay away from that. Not gonna get involved. Uh, um, but to to continue on, uh, there's an interesting concept where there's like they call them like shamblers, where they're just you're they're your stereotypical Walking Dead zombies. They don't really do anything. And then there's the. Okay, I actually genuinely forgot what they said. They called the other group, so we're gonna call them the fast zombies. We're talking like twenty eight days later. Like these dudes run, and there's a system of hierarchy. Uh, so there's like a king and a queen. Um, it's kind of weird. It's. I can't say anything else without going into spoilers. Um, uh, okay, all before I give my rating, the last thing I have to say is that this movie repeatedly, blatantly rips off the movie Aliens down to the point where there are actual lines ripped straight from the movie Aliens. Like, there's a point where these two characters are arguing and this one character is a a greedy dude who's trying to get one thing he has ulterior motives from the rest of the group and he's talking with uh one of the female leads who's like the rough and tough badass of the group and he's all like yeah i'm gonna make a ton of money and she's like oh you're screwing over people and she's like oh who's the more civilized you don't see them fucking each other over and it's like, okay, that's literally, that is line for line ripped straight from Aliens. There's a few other things, uh, but I'm going to just hop into my rating right now. Worst movie ever. Like I said, if you have two hours to kill, fine, maybe watch it, but do not actively try to watch this movie. Um, generally, I like Zack Snyder films. Uh, Watchmen was interesting. I liked Man of Steel and Batman v Superman. Um, 300 was great. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I think one closing remarks, Zack Snyder needs to move on from, uh, from slow motion. It's, it's too much. It's done. The slow motion era is gone. It worked well in 300 and Watchmen and maybe Sucker Punch. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Um, eh, Sucker Punch is weird. It's not a bad movie, I, but it's just... I keep, It keeps popping up in my Netflix recommended and I'm like, oh, maybe I should watch that. But I'm like, <laughs> eh, maybe. I completely maybe forgot someday. what it's about, but it's like a... From yeah. my understanding, it's about a girl who's put into a mental facility and she's getting a lobotomy 
Uh, and then she's having these crazy wacky dreams or whatever where she's fighting robots and ninjas and aliens and stuff or whatever. Um, but that's kind of all I know. I'm sure it's all a metaphor for something, but moving on, you know, there wasn't a lot of slow motion in Man of Steel, if there was any at all. I don't think no. there was. Maybe like one um, or two scenes, but... Yeah. He he kind of started using a little bit more slow motion in Batman v Superman, but I think he did it well enough to where it complemented and highlighted certain points of the movie, so it didn't feel distracting. Um, by the way, uh, Batman v Superman is a good movie. Fight me. Um... But I think the point where I really started to like kind of like just get tired of the slow motion was definitely the Snyder Cut. There was just too much of it. So, don't mean to get rant like, I mean, we're still on the same topic, but I have not seen Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition. The three hours. Not missing much. Uh, uh, no, you actually are kind of missing a lot. There's a few different plot points that are expanded upon. Like, um, the whole plot point with the, um, one lady who was, uh, like, trash-talking Superman that was, like, going on Senate hearings and be like, oh, he destroyed the village and whatnot, like, that, that's expanded upon more. Lois Lane and Lex Luthor's bullet, that's expanded upon more. I think what the Ultimate Edition does really well is kind of, um, highlights, uh, superman's reasoning for not liking batman like in the theatrical cut it's mostly just why doesn't batman like superman but in the ultimate edition it's it's a little bit more even yeah i saw it on um, hbl max and i just never got around to i definitely it. it's not it's not three hours long i think it's more closer to 245 okay um or like 230 245 um, but going back to the Snyder cut and slow motion, I think that if you took out all the slow motion, like if you sped it up to normal speed, that movie probably could have been three and a half hours, maybe. Yeah, but a lot of the slow motion works though. I think, I don't, I'm not saying the slow motion doesn't work. I'm saying there's too much of it or some of it just runs for too long like uh at the end after they they save the day and they do um the the hero shot or whatever i think that goes on for way too long um there's a scene of lois lane visiting the destroyed superman statue in the middle of metropolis that has like a lot of slow motion as well Think that I think that's a bit too much, um, you know. Of course, this was Zack Snyder. That was Zack Snyder's one and only chance to like kind of get his way with his movies. So I understand that he wanted it his way. It was his way or the highway. So I understand, but that does not stop me from critiquing it. Um. But to go back to Army of the Dead, yeah, worst movie ever. Uh-huh. Um, I believe that is the first movie rated worst movie ever on the podcast. So, congratulations, Zack Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, in lieu of a general discussion topic this week, we're going to be talking about the Eternals trailer. There's a lot to break down here, so let's get right into it. Let's just start with general impressions. Uh, Casey, you want to start us off? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I thought it was really well. Well, well I thought it was really well done. Uh, the beginning, you kind of don't realize what's going on. Yeah. Um, I definitely thought that... Uh, at the beginning, it kind of felt like... At first, I was like, is this an alien planet? Because I, I was not expecting to see, like, prehistoric Earth. Yeah, yeah. 
And uh, what I was um, trying to say is like the first scene, I was a little confused because I didn't know throughout the entire trailer. Actually, I didn't know when this took place. I thought it took place years and years ago, like BC or whatever. But then later on in the trailer, they say now that Tony Stark and Captain Rogers are gone, who will lead the Avengers? And, oh shoot, this is now. So mm-hmm. it's really, I thought that was weird. Well, there's going to be multiple different time jumps in this movie, I assume, because um, the Eternals have been Earth on Earth for, uh, according to uh, description of the movie, they've been on Earth for like 7,000 years. So what we saw at the start of the trailer was like BC, like definitely like, um, I wouldn't say prehistoric because I think technically the definition of prehistoric is pre-written language, and I think we're we're past that point, but we're definitely like really in the past here. We're looking at early civilization. Yeah. Um. Uh, Cervantes, your thoughts? Um. Huh. I don't know. Uh, I I don't know. I got nothing. I feel that. I know, like, the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, that's a good trailer. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. I've watched... I just don't know, like, the plot, like, what's going on. Oh, don't worry. We'll get around to it. Yeah. Um... I got I got the information. I got I got character details and whatnot, so we'll get we'll get to that. Um I, I uh okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about um behind the scenes of this movie. So as we've mentioned before, uh the movie is being directed by uh Chloe Zhao, who uh this you know, a couple months ago, won a uh, Academy Award for uh, Best Director. So, The Eternals will be the very first Marvel movie directed by an Academy Award winning director. Uh, that should be pretty cool. Um, though, that's not to say that the Marvel movies have needed Academy Award winning directors to uh, succeed. They've clearly uh, been doing pretty good on their own. Agreed. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Chloe Zhao has said that um, she is filming on location as much as she possibly can. So you notice that this movie kind of has a different visual style to the other Marvel movies. It's differently lit. Um, the locations seem a little bit more real. Uh, she said she's trying to use as little CGI as possible. And I think that's a pretty good thing. Uh, I'm not typically one to complain about overuse of CGI in movies, especially if it's done really well, like it is in the Marvel movies. Um, but I can understand the argument to wanting a little bit more practicality in your movies. And I think that already in just the very small bit of the movie that we've seen, you can really see that uh, the uh, different directing style has uh, made a difference in the way the movie looks. With that said, uh, do you guys want to learn about the characters? Uh, yeah. I know most right. of the characters. There were some, I think. Okay. So, at the top, we have uh, the character Thena. This is being played by Angelina Jolie. Uh, and she is, quote, a fierce warrior with the ability to use her cosmic energy to form weaponry. So we see her a few times in the trailer. She's wielding swords and staffs and whatnot. Um... It's a pretty neat power. Kind of reminds me of like Hela. She uh, 
was making a bunch of weapons throughout Thor Ragnarok. Um, after that, we have Ajak, played by Salma Hayek. Uh, she is kind of the leader of the Eternals, and she is able to communicate with the Celestials in addition to wielding uh, special healing powers. Um, the fact that... So we know we're going to be getting the Celestials in this. What do you guys think the odds are we're going to see Ego again? Isn't he dead? I really doubt it. Yeah, well, Cervantes, he, he is dead, but also... That's 7,000 years in the future from the start of the movie. So. Oh. I I agree with Casey. It's maybe a little bit unlikely. But it wouldn't surprise me if it happens. Unlikely, uh, but, but not impossible. Yeah. Uh, from my understanding, um, the Celestials we're talking about in this aren't necessarily like the ego kind it's kind of like um the uh, celestial we see in um guardians of the galaxy when um the collector is showing the guardians uh the history of the power stone you see, you see the one celestial with the giant staff and he uh, basically destroys an entire planet Uh, but moving back to the character, um, I don't know. I I was surprised to learn that she's kind of the leader because she's not really in the trailer a whole lot. We got a few shots here and there. Uh, I assumed that um, Richard Madden's character, Icarus, was the leader because we kind of see him the most in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to move on to his character, uh, Richard Madden plays Icarus, who is uh, kind of similar to Superman. He is uh, noted as the tactical leader of the Eternals, um, and he has enhanced strength, and he can project cosmic beam from his eyes. So this dude got laser beams. Um... In the comics, he's able to fly. They might avoid that just to avoid the uh, Superman comparisons, but we'll have to see. Yeah. I do want to point out real quick, in the trailer, uh, he says he could lead the Avengers. Go on Wikipedia, look at his list of powers, and tell me you would not want to see that. I think that would... I mean, they say he's he's the tactical leader, so I think I don't think him being the the leader of the Avengers would be a bad idea. Um, I think it'd just be interesting for uh, just like imagine Captain America right now. He's just flying about, and just this dude is just like, "Hey, I've been on Earth for seven thousand years and have influenced the lives of literally every single person from my actions." Uh, I am the captain now. No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Captain America's famous line, everybody. No. Um. I don't think he'll end up being the, uh, the leader of the Avengers, but it's an interesting thought. Yeah, probably not. It would be super cool, though. Okay. Um, next character... And I can already tell this character is probably going to be my favorite because this is such a goofy idea. Kingo, played by Kumil Nanjiani, who you might remember from Stuber or other movies. Sorry, I'm blanking. Um, his character um, can uh, shoot cosmic energy from his hands. Um, he is all about being famous. And because of this, he is a Bollywood star. From the trailer, it appears as though we're going to be getting a dance number. And, um, yes. 
I am here for it. When was the last time you guys saw a dance number in the MCU? Mm. Honestly, probably in ep- in an episode of like Agents of Shield or something. I don't remember. Mm, no. But since since most people have not seen Agents of Shield, uh, we're gonna get this. Um. Next up, we have uh, Sprite, played played by Leah 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 McHugh. Um, her character can um, project illusions, so she's kind of the group's Loki, and she chooses to appear to people as a child. Uh, but she is in fact seven thousand years old. Um, I'm going to guess that, um, despite the fact that, uh, she is 7,000 years old, uh, well, older than that, um, she will still be acting kind of like a child because, like, uh, you know, an, an adult isn't going to be sitting around a dinner table and be like, yo, who's going to lead the Avengers? That's not really a... That doesn't really seem like a pressing matter for an adult. Um, we also see her uh, singing at one point, like doing like karaoke or something. Um, and Casey, you pointed this out, and I later saw it online. Uh, you want to you wanna talk about what's in that shot? In which shot? The karaoke scene? Mm-hmm. There's a detail in the background that you noticed. If you're talking about the Captain America shield, that was not in that scene. That was in that scene. Wasn't it when uh, Thena was no, fighting it was in that scene. No, it's in that scene. Oh, I have no idea what you're talking about then. Okay, well, it's literally the shot you showed me. Okay, look, there's a shot in the trailer of Sprite singing, and in the background behind a bar, you can see a thing that uh, greatly resembles Captain America's original shield from the first Avenger. And I'm not talking about the circle one, I'm talking about the one that looks like a a shield. Um, So... That should be interesting. Apparently, also, there's a shield in the Shang-Chi trailer. Uh, Though, looking at it, I'm not so sure. But, let's just go with it. So, after that, we have uh, Cersei, who is played by Gemma Chan. Um, You may recognize her from being in Captain Marvel. She's the blue alien who has a sniper and gets killed by uh, Maria Rambo on Earth. Spoiler alert for that movie that came out three years ago. Um, so Cersei apparently is light is the like one group of the member that um, is like really like compassionate with humanity. And um, she can use her powers to manipulate matter. Uh, we see her do this in the trailer. She like creates water out of nothing, uh, which is pretty interesting. Um, uh, uh, she and Icarus, played by Richard Madden, are in a relationship. It seems like we see them get married at some point. However, in the comics... Uh, she also has a relationship with Dane Whitman, who is the Black Knight, who also shows up in this movie, played by Kit Harington. And we'll we'll circle back around to that character in just a second. Um, after that, we have Makari, played by Lauren Ridloff. I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, um, she is uh, a speedster. So this will be the second speedster in the MCU. Uh, but currently the only one still alive. 
and she is deaf. Uh, both in real life and in the movie. Uh, this is the first deaf superhero uh, in the MCU. And I think in just movies in general, like between Marvel and DC. Um, uh, apparently, the her uh, her being deaf has an advantage to where she can't hear the sonic booms created by her speed. Um, I never really thought of that being a problem with the speedsters, but I guess it makes sense. After that, we have uh, Fastos, played by Brian Tyree Henry. He's kind of the inventor of the group, and he uh, he kind of creates a lot of the stuff that are given to humanity to help progress. Um, and apparently he likes to work behind the scenes, so good for him, I guess. Um, this uh, His character will also apparently be the uh, first openly gay superhero in the MCU, even though that's not true because there there were gay characters in Agents of Shield, but nobody watched Agents of Shield, so no one remembers them. Uh, by the way, watch Agents of Shield. You're really missing out if you aren't. Uh, then we have uh, Gilgamesh. He's played by Don Lee. He is apparently the strongest Eternal. And he can create a powerful cosmic energy suit of armor. So, I guess, pretty similar to, um... What was that one character from Mortal Kombat? <laughs> the guy with plot armor? Right, yeah, what was yeah, his name? I don't know. Forgot. Okay, one of you guys look it up while I continue on. Uh, um... That's probably not a good sign for that character. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, lastly, we have Druig. We see him very briefly. This is played by... Ooh, man, I'm going to pronounce that last name wrong. Barry Kyogen. Sure, we'll go with that. Um, he... Um, he can control minds... And can manipulate reality. So, also kind of similar to Loki, except Loki wasn't inherently able to control minds. And also he couldn't manipulate reality. Um, Kaecilius could do that in Doctor Strange. Um, but apparently... He, he disagrees with how the Eternals uh, interact with mankind, and he has actually left the Eternals. So he doesn't, um, he doesn't interact with them, he doesn't agree with them. Um, when I first saw the trailer, I thought, oh, that dude's the villain. But after reading this, and after knowing a little bit more about the movie... I don't think he's the villain, but he certainly is not going to be a hero, I don't think. Um, so those were all the characters. In the move, in the trailer, uh, we hear him talk about how you know, they've been around for like all of humanity and have helped us grow and whatnot, but they haven't interfered with anything. Um... What do you guys think they were doing during uh, Avengers, Age of Ultron, Infinity War, and Endgame? Probably the same thing Captain Marvel was doing. Not caring. No, but... Well, <laughs> no, Captain Marvel didn't not care. She didn't know they were happening. Or she she said she was dealing with the, the same events that, hap that happened on Earth on other planets. That was because well, yeah, she, she says that she's right. She says yeah. that in Endgame, but he's talking about like in uh, the Avengers or uh -huh. Age of Ultron or Infinity War. And to that, I say, 
she didn't know those things were happening because Fury didn't tell her. Yeah, it was a bad joke. Oh, okay, okay. So my bad. I ruined your joke by. <laughs> nah, I wasn't going anywhere. Trying to didn't land. <laughs> just like Black Widow. Um... Oh <laughs> no, she landed. Just uh... damn oh, that. Oof. Ouch. Pretty sure that's what Black Widow was saying too. But um... uh. Moving on, um, but what do you guys think they were doing? Cause uh, doing nothing. Well, yeah, obviously, but like, do you oh, think no. any of them at playing on their PS Five? Do, <laughs> do you think any of them were like, hey, they're literally dropping a meteor from the atmosphere that will kill everyone? Should we get involved? Nah, they got it under control. Maybe they're keeping it low-key. Um, yeah, that's entirely possible. I think... Like, if if they were trying to stay low-key, why would they go help out when they know the Avengers can take care of it? What I'm gonna guess is that... They, they stayed out of humanity's conflicts because they were small time compared to them. Like, two nations fighting each other, that's that's nothing compared to them. They, they don't care about that. They'll, they'll stay out of it. Yeah, and but I Infinity think, War and Endgame, that's, that's a big league. Right, yeah, I was getting to that. I was saying, like, but then, like, the Avengers happened. They were thinking, okay, that kind of, that escalated pretty quickly. Um, but it looks like the humans have it under control. And then Age of Ultron happens and I'm thinking, well, that isolated pretty quickly too, but the humans did that to themselves because Tony Stark created Ultron. So they so they were probably like, I think we're justified in staying out of this. But then, like, Infinity War happened, and we see from, like, the news reports that all anybody knew was that some aliens went to New York and then left. So I'm going to guess that the, uh, the Eternals, uh, they, they didn't know any more than that. Like, I know, but like, how would they find out where this is happening? Or who's telling them that there's something going on? No one. Well, I mean, yeah, no one, but I mean, we obviously know they're up to date on current events because they know that uh, Steve Rogers and Iron Man are gone because they say so in the trailer. Um, they probably found out later that these events happened. Well, yeah, like Andrew said, all people really knew yeah. about the events of Infinity War was that uh, the aliens came to New York and then dipped. We see it in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. too. Mm-hmm. Like, that's all they yeah. really know. And then so, everyone disappears. So I wonder, yeah, I wonder if maybe all of the Eternals disappeared or some of them disappeared. You know what? No, I think story-wise, I think it would make more sense that they all disappeared. And they came back. Which after. is why they didn't help out. Yeah, and then when they came back and realized what happened, they were like, Okay, it looks like we should probably start getting involved now. Things are getting really out of hand. Um, which is what I, I assume is what brings them out of the lime or out of the shadows and into the limelight. Um, but what we know is that in the comics, uh, the Celestials... Uh, made three variants of humans on Earth. They made the humans. They made the Eternals. And then they made a third group that I'm forgetting the name of. I'm just going to call them the Defects for now. If I remember, if I remember. Uh, if I don't, then we're just going to keep calling them the Defects. So that's kind of what they are. Um, so... Basically, what uh, what happens is, in the comics, 
the humans, they just go about their lives. They're doing whatever. And the Eternals kind of do the same thing as they do in the movie. They just kind of hang back and just kind of watch. And the defects are kind of just a constant threat of the Eternals. So they're stopping them. Um, but I think the movie's changing that up a little bit. Because obviously we see the humans already on Earth. And we see that they see that the Eternal ship just kind of shows up one day. So, I'm guessing the Eternals were not originally created on Earth in this version. Um, so, I think... Also, hang on real quick, I want to mention uh, the Celestials... If we do see them in the movie, they were also responsible for creating the Mutant X gene. So maybe this could be a tie-in to mm. future X-Men movie. Possibly. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. I think, aside from... I think the biggest questions people have about future Marvel projects... I think the two biggest ones are pertaining to the X-Men and... Well, it's a Black Panther. Uh, but one of those is significantly less depressing to talk about. Um, I think it'd be pretty cool if they introduced the idea of the X-Gene in, um, in this. But it does feel a little bit early. Because I know Kevin Feige has said that the X-Men won't appear until, like, at least like phase six or seven. So I think we're going to be waiting a minute for the X-Men, but it'd be cool if they get set up this early, this, this early on. Maybe just like a name drop for the X-Gene. We saw Project Pegasus and Iron Man 2 and then showed up later. Right, right. So it's not impossible. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um... But where I was going with the story is I'm I'm guessing that the, the defects, they kind of, uh, they're probably going to be probably doing something that'll inevitably destroy Earth if it isn't stopped. That's kind of the go-to thing for villains. So it's a pretty safe bet to guess that that's what they're doing. We see a giant ominous cloud. Um, if this were Fantastic Four Rise of the Silver Surfer, that would be Galactus, but uh, in absolutely no way do I think we're getting Galactus in this movie. Maybe in Fantastic Four. <laughs> but uh, definitely not. Um, it would be nice to this. know who the villain would be in Internals. That would help. Well, well, we know who the well. We know the name of the villains. We know they're again. Well, we do know the names, but I don't know the names because I've clearly forgotten them and just been calling them defects. Deviants. Uh, but there, that's that's what? the that Deviants. that's it. Deviants. They're called deviants. Thank you. Um, by the way, Thanos is technically a deviant, which I think plays into the theory that they start getting involved because of Endgame. Um, so these deviants are, are they, they're not human? What? Yeah, they're kind of, they're, I hesitate to call them monsters, but you wouldn't be wrong to call them monsters. Hmm. You know? Um. How does Thanos play as a deviant, though? Well, deviants are just, like, kind of, uh, genetic monstrosities of their original, uh, species. Yeah. They don't talk about it in the movie, which makes me question if this is even, like, applicable to the movies, but in the comics, Thanos is like 
extremely oh, grotesque and that's um, oh no I, I there's like one like, excerpt from like one comment like comic saying like when he was born it was like it was like extremely abnormal and it wasn't supposed to happen like he was purple yeah. and it was like ugly yeah um, mm-hmm. he's he was very different for his species right. and uh i think if i remember correctly his mother tried to kill yep. him right. like repeatedly mm-hmm. as a child um and that kind of plays into the fact that he's not okay when he grows up. <laughs> nah, he's yeah. fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, look, comic Thanos is quite different from movie Thanos. Movie Thanos just wanted to kill half of all people to save everyone. Uh, Thanos... Uh, comic book Thanos just wanted to kill half of all people so he could bang death. Wait, wait, what? There is a... In the comics, death is an actual person. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I Thanos was a simp for her and wanted to <laughs> kill half of all life. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh also, Deadpool's a simp for her, too. Deadpool's and a sometimes... simp for everyone sometimes deadpool and thanos butted heads but not in infinity war those are kind of like do we have an idea of when we'll get like a deadpool 3 soon Uh i imagine phase five at the earliest it'll probably be in phase five so after Fantastic Four, um, one thing I want to say about the trailer is I really like the music. Not whatever song is played at the start, though it does it sounds nice. But I'm talking about like the actual like the the soundtrack music. It sounds really nice and is just very different from uh all the rest of the marvel trailers it's a lot more calm i would say i think it i i feel like you guys would agree with me in saying that if there was one word to describe the eternals trailer it would be different yeah yep there's a lot going on, and it's not what we're used to seeing. Maybe a possible second trailer. Yeah, I mean, we're going to get a second trailer. This is slated for uh, November. Um, we currently do not know if it's also getting a Disney Plus release. We know Black Widow is, and Shang-Chi might. But we have no word on Eternals. Um, I think that... I don't want to jinx anything, but I think by the time Shang-Chi comes out, uh, things will be pretty much back to normal. Uh, so, yeah. on a on a So, for, for you guys, on a scale from 1 to 5, 5 being really hyped, 1 being not at all, how hyped are you for this movie? I personally am sitting at about a four. Yeah, about four and a half. Uh, three. Hmm. Well, that's been The Eternals. Uh, anything else you guys want to add about it? Uh, no, that's other it. Than I'm super hyped to see the movie. Really excited to see where they'll take the Eternals moving forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. So this part of the podcast would normally be where we do our Q&A section, but we did not get any questions over the last two weeks. So please, if you have any questions within reason, uh, we'll answer them on the podcast. Uh, we really enjoy doing it. It's a fun way to interact with the community and whatnot so 
if you're on uh if you follow us on uh instagram or or uh, uh twitter just leave a comment on our posts and we'll get around to answering your question um with that being said i've been your host andrew and i've been your host anthony yeah cool peace out guys See ya.